Hey everyone, it's Pastor Dave here, and before we get the episode started, just want to let you know about our upcoming live show in Minneapolis on September 18th, 2019 at Sisyphus Brewing. It's going to be another combined podcast with Mike's other podcast, along with Connor Lestoka, 372 pages, we'll never get back. Mike and I are going to be uh, taking on the movie Christian Mingle and using that as a uh, springboard to talk about the role of Christian faith in um, in creating art, um, especially in the contemporary uh, context. And don't worry, you can stream Christian Mingle online uh, at Netflix now. And so we'll be talking about that. It'll be a great night of laughs, of, of beer, of fun. September 18th in Minneapolis, you can uh, go to LTW Pod. There'll be a link Um, There'll be a link on the banner there to uh, get your tickets for that. We hope to see you one night only in Minneapolis. And who knows, it it might not even get recorded this time. So see you you there. All right, let's get to the show. Hey everyone, Michael J. Nelson here. This is Like Trees Walking. I am joined, of course, by Pastor Dave Berge. How are you, Dave? I am great. Good to see you again, my friend. Yes. Um, This is the show where we talk about uh, the important issues of life, life, death, theology, morality, sometimes a little politics, but always... Man's inhumanity to man. Man's... Is there anyone who does that? I thought... I thought we've got rid of that. Man's inhumanity to man. Didn't you say that before? Yes, I did. Where did that come from? Man's inhumanity to man? Yeah, where is that from? It's just an old cliche. I don't, I assume, I don't know. Uh, Winston Churchill said it. I don't know. Abraham Lincoln (laughs) said it. Abraham Lincoln. G.K. Chesterton. (laughs) I don't know who said it. Um, Anyway, yeah. So we talk about those things. Uh, We do it from a Christian perspective. We invite even those who, however, do not share our views uh, to uh, listen and think about them, because everybody's got to wrestle with these issues. Um, and then, you know, we, we do a bit of clowning about, because that's just who we are. Send in the clown. <laughs> what do you think of that song, as a person who's not from that generation? I'm always puzzled, as I look back at my childhood, that there were so many serious songs about clowns, <laughs> or clowns doing things that were supposed to make you cry. My or... earliest member, uh, memory of clowns was sheer terror. So, um, yes, that's, like, that's everyone, I, I think. At, and here's a weird thing. I was at church. It was at church, sitting in the pews. It was a child event, and they brought in these clowns to somehow minister to us, to somehow share the gospel mm. with us. And my reaction was to bury my head in my you know mother's chest and scream and cry in horror i think that's that's completely appropriate my my own son as a as a little a little boy saw a clown and he was musing about it later and he came up to us very sincerely and sort of with emotion like what why why are there clowns (laughs) we said well they're you know they're they have the bright colorful things they're trying to make people happy and he said But then they just mess it up and they make everyone sad and scared. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's that's it. From the mouths of babes. Yeah. So, um, but we're not going to talk about clowns, at least. For, I don't think that's the meat of your uh, topic for today. No. Okay. No. <laughs> just checking. It looked and you you looked a little unsure. I, th- like, I thought maybe we were going to pivot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, later, uh, a favorite department of ours explained that meme is uh is coming it's right coming up. back baby yeah um, do we have the song for that 
We do. We have an Explain the Neem theme song. Uh, before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that we are going to be appearing live in the flesh mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, September. This episode will come out uh, mid-August, so that you're listening to now. Um, and so we probably have already announced on something else, but in case we haven't, September 18th, Sisyphus Brewing. At Sisyphus Brewing. Uh, which is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It should still be quite lovely at that point. It's arguably the best time of year. It is. It should be beautiful. It might be the platonically ideal date in mm-hmm. Minnesota, September 18th. You'll come, if you come from out of town and you visit Minnesota, Minneapolis area, you will want to move here. But before you do, I advise you to at least visit one more time in January before making your decision. I just want to—I want to be upfront. I want full disclosure on this. I don't want to trick you into moving to this beautiful city. And then, uh, so we'll be at Sisyphus Brewing, seven p.m. Uh, it's a—it's a—we're the—we're uh, the undercard. Uh, the main event uh, is uh, three hundred seventy-two pages. Uh, we'll never get back, but we're doing another joint podcast venture together. Should be yes. very, very fun. And uh, I believe we will be finishing up uh, Truckin' Through Time, is that a the... book that we're currently currently engaged with, Charles E. Harris, the late, great Charles E. Harris. So Mike and I will have, I have some ideas for something fun that'll be sort of our topic, a little something uh, different. Uh, I thought maybe we'd just copy the book club, but that seems like a lot of work to make people read a book to then have you and I talk about it. So, But I do have an idea of a movie you and I might watch and then... Oh, great. Good. Good. Oh, yeah. Reading is hard. Movies are easy. (laughs) Yes. I'm happy about that. All right. Yeah. So live event. Again, that's the uh, 18th. So you can buy tickets uh, online through Sisyphus Brewing. I think they're 10 bucks. So and uh, all proceeds go to uh, charities, which I think TBD. TBD charities. Yeah. All right. The human fund. What, what is that? <laughs> that was uh, on, on Seinfeld, Georgia. Oh, I, it was him taking was money fake. for himself? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, Pastor, take it away. What's your topic? Well, this topic is a question that I received um, and, and, and I've mauled about uh, quite a bit. I think it's a very meaty question, a very good one. It's a, and it's extremely, exceedingly practical. Oh, good. Yeah, super practical. How do I have... And this is someone asking me for pastoral wisdom, but uh, I want to crowdsource this one too, uh, because as with uh, all things wisdom, um, it reveals that that there is a uh, life is more art uh, than science when it comes to many things. Um, but we're trying to figure out the best way to do this, and this is how do I have a a hard conversation with someone, particularly when you see someone sort of messing up hmm. in life. How do you have? that conversation with them because um let's say you see them going astray right mm-hmm. you see them making uh, poor choices mm-hmm. bad decisions things aren't going good this is not this is this is ob- objectionable what's happening how do you have that conversation with someone uh practical question is this person a christian I think that's an important first question to okay. ask. So I'd say, yeah, if we're having that conversation, um, and so we're doing this from a Christian perspective, but the first question is, yeah, is this person a Christian? A, a Christian? Let's say the answer to that is no. Let's start with no, and then we'll go mm, to yes. Okay. Let's start with no. Start with no. Yeah. It's, it's a different path, because yeah. I believe there are some pretty, there's some pretty specific things to start with in uh, if if you follow a Christian, uh, the Christian way. So let's start with no. Yeah. What's your take on no? I think that um, 
if you're starting with no, then you can't expect someone. I mean, I would say that if someone is not a Christian, you see them doing things that like are bad for my, I mean, let's take an example. Someone's having uh, an affair, right? They're Mm -hmm. being unfaithful. Yes. This is not good. This is not going to be good for them, their family, their marriage, all that. Right. There is maybe a, like, you cannot assume a shared moral foundation that one should be faithful in the context of one's marriage. That's a generally assumed value, I would say, still is a generally assumed cultural value. But upon what basis are you making that judgment? You know, because someone could come back and say, listen, this is how we've, this is how I've decided. This is good for me. You know, people usually have a, when they're in that situation, they usually have a preloaded answer of, uh, they, they agree with the premise that mm-hmm. it would be wrong, but there's things you don't, there's exceptions. Our marriage is dead. We're, yeah. It's a loveless marriage. The, uh, this is good for me. The heart wants what it wants. Yeah. All of these things. Yeah. I can't help it. Neither of us could help it. We didn't want this to happen. There's so many things. We know the cliches. There's a million cliches. But that to say that, you know, you can't assume a shared moral foundation. I mean, even if you do, it's not easy. Uh, but, you know, if you kind of say, you come at that person, you're saying, I'm saying this because I love you. I care about you. This is not going to be easy. Um, but I really feel like I need to say it anyways. And then I think you can kind of ask the person, can I, you going to hear this from me? You know? Um, and, uh, and you, I mean, it's important in some sense to, um, create an openness for someone to listen to you. So asking permission if they're going to hear you. I think that's good. And I think another way to do it is, uh, asking the person, as a, as a leading question, a push-pull, if you will, to say, are, do you consider yourself an open-minded? Would you be open to hearing things that, that may even go against your own thoughts right now? And would you be open to a different perspective? Because <laughs> who's going to say, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm close-minded. I'm, shut, I'm, I'm shut down, yeah. And I mean, if you have a relationship of trust already built with this person, like, trust, hard things are important. I mean, a lot of us are... A lot of people are conflict avoidant or averse, but um, how many of us would appreciate the courage of someone who would even be willing to do that? There's something sort of thrilling about when someone pushes a, uh, you know, pushes you in an uncomfortable place. Yes, it can be uncomfortable, but those are the memorable things yeah. of life, right? Like that. That sometimes when someone actually has like the the chutzpah to go ahead and do it and, you know, not to be a jerk, but just because, wow, this person, like so many people won't talk about this or they know it or it's kind of this unspoken, um, this thing everyone knows about, but they're not willing to talk about. There's something thrilling about someone who has the chutzpah to, to bring it up and actually talk about it with you. Um, I think people always admire that once they see it. I know that once I, I'm going to be very circumspect about this, uh, I knew a person who uh, challenged another person who was in the uh, course of getting a divorce, was heading toward divorce and was saying, I'm getting a divorce and went to them and said, hey, I was at your wedding uh, you you owe me an explanation because you made I was a witness. I you said vows in front of me. What's the deal? And was you know pushing back on this as it turned out. Of course, they still got divorced and everything. But I I admired that. Like hey, otherwise that was just a big show. But you said vows in front of me, and now you're breaking them. So what's the deal? Which I think is fair, right? I think is very fair. I think is very fair. And. Uh, as with many things, uh, what is your goal? 
you, you know, it could be to change someone's mind or change someone's behavior, get one to stop it. But, you know, you can't, uh, what, you know, what is the old, you can't make anyone change their behavior that you don't want to. You know, you can't get anyone to stop drinking, um, doing drugs, like all these, you know, cheating, uh, I mean, stealing these obviously bad things. Like you can't get people to, to stop doing them till they want to do it themselves. But part of that can be part of the trigger or spark for that can be a conversation for sure. I mean, think of how many people who, um, it doesn't always work, but you know, maybe who stopped drinking because someone they love came to them and said, Hey, I see this, I see this happening. This is, mm-hmm. this is hurtful. Um, um, to me. And so I think, uh, you know, I think asking permission is very important. And I think also, um, identifying why it is having a clear understanding in yourself of why are you bringing this to them? Why does it bother you? Why are you bothering to say anything about it in the first place? If the person said to you, well, what is it to you? That's the most obvious comeback. And what is your, you know, what is your response to that question? Having an answer worked out in your mind already is important because I think that's probably the most basic pushback. What is it to you? Why do you care? It's none of your business. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, that's why the, the questions up front, uh, you know, making it clear, the questions and statements of, you know, I, because I care about you, uh, from my perspective, it looks like this is very destructive in your life. And, you know, and again, this person is going to have those, the responses are going to be canned and ready to go as well. Uh, the other thing you should do, of course, is to know where the actual physical exits of the building are when you confront <laughs> someone and have a strategy for that. As oh well. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have a friend who once had a conversation, a, uh, you know, a hard conversation with someone. <laughs> sure. And they're like, I was pretty sure this person was going to punch me in the face. Yeah. And then this person objectively was a hundred percent in the right. They were having a important conversation. And it was not well received. And it was like, I was just like, oh man, people were like getting uncomfortable. <laughs> like, oh boy. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's like, uh, it, you know, it's like it can go badly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can go badly. So you have to be prepared uh, for something to go badly, for someone to be mad at you, for someone to never talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to be ready for it if it's truly a hard, a hard conversation. So there's no, um, uh, like there's no easy way of ignoring that reality. It can, I mean, from a Christian perspective, this can also be an opportunity because uh, people, when they're doing these, when folks are doing things that are obviously like stupid, immoral, like hurting themselves, this can be, this is like a very oper- obvious opportunity to be like, you need Jesus. Like mm-hmm. there's a different and better way to live your life. Now that's really hard to do. Um, but it's, it's like, you can kind of obviously point out that like, especially if someone's maybe strayed from the faith or something, you know, so they're not a Christian anymore, but they once were, mm-hmm. you can be like, well, like you've tried this other way. How is that working out for you? Right. You know, like, and, but that's, you know, hard and takes courage too. But it's like, well, you're, you this, you're these series of decisions that are unfaithful and disobedient to something that you used to hold to be true have put you in this place where you're doing this thing or this is happening in your life like how's that working out for you how is that better than this uh you know uh this beautiful way of living that has been offered to us um and it you know that you once walked in before even like it it, it can sort of be a calling back to someone too and if you care about someone enough to like 
want them to not be, you know, living a horrible life or walking away from um, the life that God would have for them. These are opportunities to, uh, to, to draw people's attention to or back to, uh, back to something that they saw before. Well, then let's switch then to okay. what if both are professing, professing followers of Jesus Christ? Couldn't be. So I think, yeah, this can even be harder. Right. Because now you're on, you know, common ground. So it's like, who who are, you know, again, it can sort of be a, uh, are you, who are you to, you know, the, the common ground can, I think, even make people more defensive. Right. You know, because they know you from this 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 context of 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 church, um, or of faith, like a shared faith, that it it can be off putting to people because they feel like they're even more feel like they're being judged um, by a fellow uh, believer, which I think is is sometimes harder or worse than someone from an outside perspective. But to say that there is a um, maybe a shared discourse language values that one can appeal to but the hard part there with as with shared values is um it's like a you're judge you know you're judging me type of a thing but you know just to say like if someone is straying away you could just say like how is this how is this consistent with the things that i thought you believed i thought we shared in common i see you doing this how does that how is that reflective of of being a faithful follower of Christ. Like, so give the person an opportunity to try to explain it, to try to justify themselves. Just because, I mean, it's kind of giving someone their own rope to hang themselves with. Like, if, if, it's, if it's that clear type of a situation, not even talking about gross immorality here, but just, like, please help me understand how this is consistent with um, your belief and identity um, as a follower of Christ. Would you also say that before any confrontation, that without it being a gossip thing, that you would consult with another believer? Um, oh, I think someone you know who's to like make sure a that wise person. Yeah, to make sure your beam is straight before you uh, you head in there for a hard conversation. Yeah, if it's a tr- if it's a hard conversation, this isn't just like, hey, I'm bringing this up. Like, you know, could you like re- could you reimburse me for the gas? Like when you use my van, you know what I mean? Like. That yeah. kind of thing. It's like you don't need to have a conversation. But if it's like, hey, this is this is a big issue, um, yeah. I would definitely consult with with someone who knows um, a wise a wise person. Yeah, uh, an, an elder type of a person, even um, you know. And this is this is why having wise uh, Christian brothers and sisters around us is so helpful because you can you can talk to them. You know, I mean, I'm thinking of the instance when when my friend had this very difficult conversation with someone. You know, he went in there having had a lot of, not a lot of, but, you know, particularly with my myself and uh, even me as I'm trying to, like, counsel him. I talk to people who I know and trust because I'm like, I'm not exactly sure how mm. he should approach this. So let me talk to, you know, somebody who's completely, you know, I probably, probably called my old boss in California or whatever, like, hey... Because I respect his wisdom a lot. Just like, hey, how, how would you handle this if it were going on? You know, what would you do? What would you say? And so kind of activating that network of, of um, you know, faithful, wise, thoughtful uh, Christian voices who can help you process how you want to approach it, that is a, I think, invaluable 
completely invaluable for how you go into something um, like that because then you're going to have some thoughts and some strategy or maybe some perspective on a situation that you wouldn't have otherwise that's really, really going to help you approach it. So I think that's good, very good counsel. And what if, what if it fails? What if it just goes south from the beginning? It is like you say, who are you to judge? Uh, maybe you're the one who should turn your life around. I think, you know, look for, I mean, there can be truth in people's response. You know, so here, um, if if there is um, if there is some truth in what they have to say, having the humility to, to hear it, um, also having the intention of my goal is to understand you, uh, to restore this relationship, like reconciliation is our goal. And so, um, I mean, I, I think it's the posture and perspective that we go in with makes a huge difference. Having a humble, um, you know, having a humble spirit, a teachable spirit. Um, that we bring into it makes makes a big, big difference. And just not being uh, defensive. You know, if we can at all costs avoid saying, hey, I'm doing this, I'm instigating difficult conversation. If someone reacts angrily, I am committing myself to being peaceable, you know, not being defensive, not being angry, um, really living out those Christian virtues of, you know, love is patient, love is kind, you know, like, mm-hmm. like if you keep that um, in your spirit and at the forefront, even if a blowtorch gets turned at you, you're not going to um, you're not going to feel that fire. And you want to always carry yourself in and out of a conversation in a way that would be above reproach, that you would have no regrets or embarrassment about. And I mean, I think in in almost all things, um, people of good will and good nature, especially brothers and sisters, can come to some kind of understanding. If not agreement, doesn't mean agreement, but can come to some kind of understanding when you're mature, you know, when you're mature people. I'm going to hit you with something. You don't have to agree with it. You can, I just want your reaction. Uh, I would say never, ever, ever do these things via email. Your response I agree to completely. <laughs> okay. I agree. I thought you might, but completely. You know, who knows? Yeah. Email is, the, you don't want to create a paper trail. <laughs> uh, no, but like it just, there's no nuance and, the give and take of conversation email is good for communicating extremely basic information yeah something something happened people know i i sent something i don't know it was three lines to uh two people that i work closely with it's not who you're thinking of by the way if that's anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, and i uh i got back later when when the time came to talk about it. i'm like oh i didn't read those why i didn't read what you sent like what <laughs> why because it's an email. It just made me laugh. Like, okay, that's the two people I'm dealing with here. They will not be reading any of my emails. So then that's just a practical thing. I just pick up the phone. Like, hey, hey, dummy, now can you listen to this? Yeah, text. Uh, but, so people text just bad. don't read. Yeah, they don't read emails. You could be like, hey, you know, I mean, all you can do is prompt someone, can we talk? Yeah. That's, I think, about what it's useful for. Yeah. Uh, oh, voice, voice or face. Or, uh, yes. Voice or face to face. For sure. That's about the only way to do to to do this kind of a thing. Email is just absolutely the worst and there's a there's a like asynchronicity to it so it's not real time, which I think creates all sort of angst and anxiety too. Where it's like you write an email, 
and then you have to interpret it and then you have to wait for the response you know so it, it, it oh those waits and everything oh, are waits, fraught oh, yeah uh, you know what's going on too you know the person's normal response time and then all of a sudden it's l- way longer than it was before totally okay you're punishing me by not answering this yeah you have to be about like you have to do so much like caveating and explain you know when you send an email that has any sort of like yeah. emotional baggage attached to it you have to like no, I'm not. You, you you have to like fluff it out like oh, eight. Yeah. It's like cotton candy. You know, you have to spin it out eighteen times its size in order to to have it be received even close to the way you want it to. So, yes, another very wise word, Mike, is uh, do it over. You know, do it in person. Um, do it over voice, and that way, uh, just it's the way human beings were meant to, I think, communicate most directly. Do it over a phone and hope they don't answer. No. Do that. That's enough. <laughs> making that, that hard, that hard, hard phone call where it's like, all right, we've got to do Oh, it. hey, you're there. Oh, I was just going to leave a voicemail. Uh, yeah, don't do that either. And sometimes people just go, it's like they are sort of waiting for someone to tell them this. You know? It's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, people are smart and self-aware. And it's like, you know, yeah, you're right. Like, this is stupid. They might not agree with you or... or accept your maybe per, if you have a perspective on how to get to a solution they might not accept it but they'll at least hear it uh, yeah yeah in and a, in a good faith there way. could be a long hang time on that however i have no i've seen that happen with people who are years later yeah remember when you told me i shouldn't be dating this woman or whatever yeah you were 100 <laughs> percent right <laughs> yeah uh, it ended really badly she was terrible she stole my car and burned my house. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. But you know, so uh, yeah. uh, so it's a good it's a good lesson in terms of you're just what can you control? All you can control is what you have to say. Can't control that person's response. You're not responsible for that person's response. I mean, you're not responsible for them taking any action uh, based on what you say. Right. But all you're responsible for doing is speaking the truth in love. That's uh, you know the biblical admonition. Mm-hmm. Is speak the truth in love. And uh, if you can do those things, um, even the angels can do no more. Wow. All right, we'll sum it up there, and we will uh, we'll take a little break, and then we'll be back to explain that meme. Yes. So if you're waiting around for that, fear not. It's coming up very shortly. This is Like Trees Walking. Yo, what up? Tennessee. That's a classic Minnesota Randy Moss reference. But uh, hey, everyone, thank you so much, so much for listening to the show. Uh, If you can, if you want to, come to Minneapolis in September. No better time to be here. September 18th, uh, see us and and, uh, Connor Lestoka, and it's going to be super fun that night. We look forward to it, uh, drinking some fine craft beverages uh, and uh, and laughing and loving life and talking about something that will be serious and fun at the same time. And so uh, tickets you can buy for that um, uh, through uh, Sisyphus Brewing online, and we'll post links for those at uh, ltwpod.com. Also, that will be on our Facebook page. We'll send out an email uh, uh, that you can get through the uh, the LTW Pod website. We'll send an email blast out to all of our uh, faithful email subscribers so that you can buy a ticket to that, too. And, um, uh, yeah, like us, rate us, and review us, and share us. Keep the podcast circulating, friends. We thank you. We appreciate it so, so much. Let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thank you, Pastor, for that appeal. 
And uh, excited about the live oh, show? I'm so excited about the live show, and I'm so excited to explain a meme. Has yes. the music played already? No, the music hasn't played. Oh. We haven't explained that meme theme, though, you know. Yeah. And uh, let's play it now. Let's play it. Explain that meme. So, there you go. <laughs> wow. With that in mind, please yeah, explain that meme. Funky. All right. And this is a meme. Mike has no knowledge of this meme. I have I have never heard of this. Doesn't you, even know. You it. mentioned the name of it. It rang no bells with me whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. Um, it has a visual component. I mean, what meme doesn't? Yeah, you're right. Well, I guess, is, are, are there audio uh, memes? Audio only? I, I can't There could be of, audio memes. I suppose so. But there's usually some visual component there is. that comes with it. Maybe an, oh, good for you. <laughs> that's an audio meme. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> you and I are done professionally. <laughs> uh, so this meme is known as Shrekbeard. Shrekbeard. The Shrekbeard meme. And so, Mike, I'm going to show you a picture. You can describe to the people at home what you are <laughs> oh. witnessing. I am looking at the uh, f- uh, cartoon character Shrek wearing what looks like to be like a Blues Brothers hat. A fedora. Uh, is it a fedora? It is officially a, a fedora. It's officially okay. a fedora. And has a uh, has a neck beard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so where do we go from here? Mm. Well. So I saw that. Now what do I do with it? So Shrek beard. So um, if you, let's say you encounter some um, uh, militant atheism online. So some sort of uh, like a. You know, some sort of Richard Dawkins, uh, Daniel Dennett, sure. Uh, you know, type. Uh, g- uh, granted that these people are not hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein on his. Uh, oh, <laughs> Ooh, <I> well, you. <laughs> you know, he was kind of into those people. No, really? Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he had connections with uh, some of the four horsemen. We're not we're not smearing them by that. There's it's, hey. apparently there's he's had connections with he's many connections. many people. He's into uh, he's real and Jeffrey was real into science and like the 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 real dark. Yeah, don't go any further with that. Thereof. Yeah, he was into the dark arts, sort yeah. of uh, the Faustian, uh, the Faustian science. So yeah, he's a what a creep. But anyways, I could do yeah, a whole. So I, I could run do a into a, a, a Sam Harris, a Daniel <laughs> uh, Dennett. Yep, and then they're like. They are just, you know, spewing their invective, their ignorant, hateful invective against uh, religion, uh, you know, on on the Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can engage with them in some repartee, some argument, or you can just post Shrek beard. (laughs) What what does it mean? (laughs) And uh, and you can also accompany it with a um, with a tips fedora. as well a nice little tips fedora it is a uh it is a <laughs> i'll just read you from the know your meme website but a shrek fedora or shrek beard is a photoshopped reaction image of the character shrek wearing a fedora typically used in response to post criticizing religion on social media uh, referencing the tips fedora internet meme associated with militant atheism online and so it's just sort of that uh it, it is mocking the kind of uh uh the, the, the trope of what is the type of person you picture sort of sitting around angrily posting online about religion. 
I, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to answer that question. Thank you. I'll answer that question. Okay. It's a fedora. It's a pasting pale fedora wearing, and it's a, it's a, it's adapted from the tips fedora photo. So it's a Shrek version of the tips fedora meme, which is like a girthy white man with a neck beard <laughs> tipping his, his fedora. So it's an adaptation of an already, uh, of an already existing uh, meme. Wait, now was this previous meme upon which this one is based? And I'm already lost. But yeah, was this yeah. one used I do believe in the it. same manner? I believe so, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So sort of someone's like... The, so it was this someone's, is a next generation? It, it was someone's stereotype. I think the original Tips Fedora guy was like a stereotype of what someone thought as a, uh, you know, internet atheist. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, r slash atheism uh, type of person, you know, sitting around angri- angrily banging out screeds against religion on their keyboard. So it, it, to me, it's like... In a lot of ways, it's the perfect response because it rises to the level of the invective, which is uh, being driven against it, which is often, you know, infantile. And does this and uh, stupid and angry? Does this drive them mad with, with oh, anger? Yes. It's, okay. It's so great. Um, like there was, a, I mean, but an example of where you would post a Shrek beard in response to it. Um, so there was a, a, a Will Wheaton, mm. Wesley Stryker. I know man. him well. Oh. The, Talk about brush with fame. Yeah. So uh, Will Will Wheaton, uh, famous for being w- Wesley Stryker, right? Yes. On Star Trek TNG. For being, um, what was his name? The little kid in Stand By Me. Oh, I, I can't think know. of his name. Uh, but Stand By Me. And, uh, and he's yeah. also into home brewing. I found that out when I was... Um, I, I met him once at Stone Brewing out in uh, Encinitas, California. Yep. So, uh, Rilinda. Oh, wait. No, it's not in Encinitas. Don't yell at me. I forget Escondido? where it is. Escondido. Escondido. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, into, into making brew and also into hating God. <laughs> yes. And yeah. so, um, and so when, uh, like, when there was that, do you remember that massacre? There was like a massacre at a church in Texas or something. Some guy went in there and just shot it up. Yes. I mean, it was horrific. And then in response, uh, Paul Ryan, then Speaker of the House, said, uh, reports out of Texas are devastating. Uh, so Sutherland Springs, that's where it was, uh, need our prayers right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so the reports are just coming out. These people had been massacred at their church. Uh, prayers to these people who were at church worshiping God. Will Wheaton's response was, the murdered victims were in a church. If prayers did anything, they'd still be alive, you worthless sack of bleep. I remember this. I remember this kind of made the news a little bit. It did. Yeah. So, you know, if any time prayers are appropriate in response to a mass shooting, certainly it would be when people are gathered in a place of worship, yes. right? In order yeah. to be respectful, I think, uh, towards victims of such a massacre, it's not out of bounds to say, you know, I'm praying for you. Yeah. That, that seems when it's most appropriate. So what type of response do you give to that other than your just indignation at Will Wheaton's sort of tone deafness in the situation? I mean, utter tone deafness. I understand it's coming from a place of anger for him, but like, come on, man. So it's Shrek, yeah. Shrek beard. I would point out, I believe I have seen him wearing a fedora. So no. in, <laughs> live and in person. So uh, how did he get into hating God? Uh, I don't know. I don't know any, I don't know much about him. Um, you know what? What you see online, I think, is pretty much his persona. Wizzywig. Yeah, what you see yeah, what I you think get? so. I okay, think so yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, so that type of you know that type of uh, that type of thing. A Neil deGrasse Tyson. Many of a Neil deGrasse Tyson post, you know, where he says, you know, one of his stupid things. Like you can almost do a Shrek beard to any one of his posts. 
Like, I, I saw him just get taken down recently for posting something that was 100% wrong about something with the Apollo patch or something. Did oh, really? You, no, did I didn't this? see that. Uh-uh. And he had to immediately retract it and say, sorry, I got confused. And, you know. Or but, even when he did that stupid, uh, rash, like, I proposed the country of rationalia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> its constitution will be, we make decisions based on the evidence. You could Shrek beard that one. Like, okay. that's a perfect sh- sort of Shrek beard. Is it still, is it, I mean, these memes move quickly. Is, is it still something you it's can do? It has some, st- oh yeah, you can still do it. It has staying power. Okay. I truly <laughs> think it has staying power. And so this is, and this is again, like, there, there are, uh, even if you, I feel like a person who was an atheist could post a Shrek beard towards another atheist. It's very fl- flexible. Because, you know, there's people who don't believe in God um, who aren't, uh, uh, strident strident they're not yeah. like they're not like uh, they <laughs> they might not believe in god but they understand uh religion and its role in like human society and culture and yes. people's lives and so they they get it in that sense they're like oh this is sky fairy stupid you know like they're like i i don't believe this but i understand why people believe this and where it comes from and shrek beards are for the uh famously i don't believe in god and i hate him yes yes okay. yes absolutely yeah. all right Absolutely. So that's when you you hit a you hit a Shrek beer. Wow. All right. I think we should go out with uh, the explain that meme theme again. We should. Uh, let's do that. Do you have anything more to say before we play that fabulous theme song? Donkey. <laughs> Donkey. That's my Shrek. <laughs> Donkey. Oh. oh, where is he now? Uh, well, where we are is we're signing off, but uh, we will be back with uh, another like trees walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. I am Pastor David Berge, hopefully. Uh, now go have that hard conversation. So awesome. Explain that meme.